Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. We start today with playfulness. For years, researchers have shown that play is an important part of a child's social, emotional, and cognitive development. It can help children master new skills, build confidence, and spark creativity. Less attention has been given to how parents or caregivers also benefit from play. Researchers at Oregon State University aim to change that. They got a grant recently to create a program to help parents or caregivers more easily engage in play with their kids. Shangyu Sharon Shen is an assistant professor who focuses on the science of play at Oregon State University. Shauna Tomini is an associate professor of human development and family sciences at OSU. They both join me now. It's great to have both of you on the show. Thank you for having us, Dave. So, Shauna, first, I think most parents of young kids or kids of, of any age know that play is is good for them and good for the family. What can an academic intervention add? Oh, my goodness. That is such a great point. We all know play is fun. Play is enjoyable. Play helps children develop those social emotional skills. And as I'm sure you'll hear from Sharon later too, there are so many benefits of play for parents and families themselves. One of the things that we need to realize is that not all families have access to play in the same way. And sometimes parents need just a reminder or even permission to say, it's okay with all of these competing demands in our lives to step back and have these moments of joy with our children. Many parents know how to do that or have that sense that they want to do that with their children. And yet with the competing demands that we have with technology coming into play in different ways in our lives, taking that time to really step back and be present with our children is so beneficial both for them and for us. So we're really excited to be able to meet families where they are at this time, and especially in hearing how stressed families have been feeling these last few years and really helping rekindle that joy of play. Hmm. Um, Sharon Shen, what do you mean as an academic when you say play? Mm. Well, they are... Like we said, this is a million dollar question because uh, if you ask a different uh, researchers, they may come up with a different definition. Um, but uh, when we do study often, you know, we actually treat play as uh, something that lay people can easily recognize. That's why when we are asking parents, you know, they can actually talk about play without you needing to explicitly defining it. Um, but we do measure play. We measure playfulness. So uh, we have our um, operationalized definition of play. So when we are actually talking about the play, other than play-like activity, we are talking about the play that gives people the opportunity to be really engaged, uh, be active, and uh, experience uh, the positive uh, emotions that often comes with play. 
Hmm. I have to say that being able to quantify and measure place seems like a very not playful activity. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's why, you know, when we are talking about measuring play, we are really... um, uh, not just the, you know, counting the frequency of play, counting the, what type of play behavior you engage in. We are also talking about uh, the experiential quality of the play experience, like what people experience in that process, what kind of transformations that take, take place when they are playing. Hmm. Well, Shauna, Tomini, are, are some forms of play better than others in terms of... Uh, child or just even sort of family system development? That's a tricky question, right? To label play, some play as better or worse than others, we could connect it to different kinds of play to different outcomes or different kinds of play to having different kinds of impacts on children and families. Because when we think about that, there are a lot of different kinds of play. And play looks different based on families, on cultures, on their expectations for play. For some, play can be sitting on the floor and really actively engaging with whether it's toys or sitting down with a bowl and spoons from the kitchen and make-believing or even these playful interactions during running errands or, or cooking food together in the kitchen play can look like many different things. So I think it's it's challenging to label one form of play as better than another. But what we do know is, as Sharon was saying, that what happens in those interactions matters a lot to how that play impacts both the child and the parent. So if a parent is feeling like, okay, just take this box of blocks and just do what you can right now because I have to juggle so many other things in my life. So I'm keeping an eye on my child while they are playing versus sitting down and taking a moment to say, I see you. I want to do what you're doing. I'm really interested in what you're doing. I'm going to just even take a breath for two minutes and engage in that play with you. How, but um, but, but you're, I mean, even your tone of voice, that felt very much... Um, I think a lot of parents can can relate to that. I mean, yes. So, and and when you when you break it down to two minutes, maybe my question that I'm about to ask you is answered. But uh-huh. but but still, even carving out two minutes can feel impossible. If not just a question of the time, but if you feel frazzled and and at your wits' end as a parent, how do you? go past that and then just sit down and play when it actually is the last thing you want to do or feel capable of doing at that moment? That is a really good question. So uh, in our pilot study, um, we developed this uh, set of a playbook that include uh, resources and uh, strategies that parents can uh, take so they can actually incorporate more, more doses of play in their life. So we have an activity-based strategy, we have time-based strategy, we have people-based strategy. Um, take the example, Dave, you said, you know, when you have to rush to get things done or settle your kids up so they can do their homework or do their other activities so you can go back to your work or go back to your conference call, right? Um, so we have these strategies, like, you know, we can build the play or nest our play in the daily tasks, like doing laundry, doing dishes, or even cooking, you know, do some 
ask the kids to um, pick up the laundry in the rainbow color order or, you know, ask them to close their eyes, give them a piece of a laundry and ask them to guess what piece of uh, clothes is that. Hmm. So like, we are playing with our kids while we are doing that, but we also get our housework done. That's yeah, an, and, it seems like an important point there that that you're often it seems not talking about necessarily structured games um, that that have their own rules, but but a more general abstract playfulness that can be woven into our lives. That's exactly, and uh, with children, you know, structure the games. They are good. They. Uh, Often also opt offer opportunities to for them to develop, but the free play is uh, even a more powerful form of play that allows children to uh, engage in imagination and be creative, and also allow parents to be creative because a lot of uh, uh, a big part of play is uh, you know improvise, be spontaneous, follow the flow. Sharon hmm. Chen, please, Shauna, go go on. Thanks, Dave. I was going to just go back to something that you said earlier, too, about how do you take those two minutes if you're exhausted? All right, we know that some parents maybe are working multiple jobs or multiple shifts, have multiple children, maybe are single parents themselves, or just are exhausted, whether it's the end of the day or the beginning of the day. And so how do you even just take that two minutes and bring yourself to that space? Sometimes having the reminder and permission that it's okay to do so helps parents practice in those moments of doing that, of taking that deep breath and saying, okay, I'm going to be here for two minutes with my child and focused on them. Part of it's also putting aside the shame and the guilt of not doing that or of taking that time to do that when you feel like you really should be spending that time doing something else to get ready for the day or to contribute to work or the family. And so that's one of our hopes too, is to really acknowledge that shame and guilt and normalize how hard even those two minutes can be. And by practicing it together with really simple strategies, reminding parents together the joy that can come from that and how much it can change their day by taking that time too. Sharon yeah. Chen, how did you become someone who studies play in adults? Mm. Well, I have my academic reason and my personal reason. I will start with my academic reason. So uh, there are tons of research about the play because play is a thought of a the occupation of uh, children, that's all most of things that they do. So it's totally legit topic to uh, study. And there are also so many evidence showing that, you know, play is important for children's development. So lots of resources and uh, fundings are invested in studying children's play. But play is really understudied in adults. Because um, we probably think that the uh, Play in adulthood is uh, frivolous, frivolous, is um, um, not very serious. It's not compatible with the serious context at the work, like job, right, or research. So um, not many research out there. However, in the past two or three decades, they have been growing evidence that showing play in adults actually generate just as many benefit. We actually know that now. Um, 
pray for parents, uh, pray, pray for adults are more creative in the workplace. They are better connected with colleagues. They are better connected with uh, their families. They derive a stronger uh, job satisfaction from their work. They perform better academically. Um, they're even more attractive to uh, to people of opposite sex. So uh, there are many benefits uh, can be derived from play in adulthood, and we want to encourage more of those. And this uh, project that we propose is really to study playfulness in a understudied context, that is parenting. I want to give the last word to one of our listeners on Facebook. Katie Kinsley wrote, I was much better equipped mentally to run around playgrounds with them, play hide-and-seek or do crafts. I had just as much fun as they did, and it was a great way to forget the stresses of adulting. I think the physical activity helped me combat depression. It was also an easy thing to do that made us all happy without spending any money. Shang Yu, Sharon Shen, and Shauna Tomini, thanks very much. Thank, Thank you. It's a pleasure. Sharon Shen is an assistant professor in leisure, environment, and health in the College of Forestry at Oregon State University. Shauna Tomini is an associate professor in human development and family sciences at OSU. So much of what we talk about on this show has to do with what's happening right now. But there's a lot of history behind these conversations. OPB's Salmon Wars podcast will give you insights into some of that history. It tells the story of one Yakima Nation family that's been fighting for salmon in the Columbia River across generations. Find Salmon Wars wherever you listen to podcasts.